Financial Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Our uh, Twitter account at Bickley underscore Murata is a treasure trove of gold every day. And we go through that gold in social studies with Sarah Cassell. Let's do There's it. There's no better old prospector to go through the gold <laughs> than the mustachio to Sarah herself. Yes. <laughs> I brought my pickaxe to work. You did. Ready ah, to go. Ah, ah. By the way, no shave November starts tomorrow. <laughs> Speaking of Sarah's mustache, oh, that's another, no shave November. It's a big day on the calendar you? for Jared Carlin. Yeah. Do you guys participate, Dan? Oh, no no, no. no. Vic shaves no. every day. I've clean shaven, I think, only twice since the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, okay. I've always had a little bit of the stubble. Is that right? Beard. Yeah. A little bit of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right, let's get into social studies. Uh, as you mentioned, there's a lot going on on Twitter, epically underscore Murata right now. And uh, a lot of you are kind of scaring me. We're going to dive in anyway. Your biggest takeaway, guys, from the Cardinals' loss to the Vikings. What is it? Same old story. SOS. Anytime the Cardinals have lost, it's been the same symptoms. Same old symptoms. I like that even better. Yeah, it's it's Groundhog Day. It's it's a recurring nightmare that that watching this offense now is is the opposite of fun. It's it's angering. It's it's agitating yeah. because of all they leave on the table and all the stuff that we've that we know doesn't work yeah. that we've seen doesn't work and they keep running it and trying it. Yeah, it's that's it. Fair enough. All right, let's get into some of our listener responses. Your biggest takeaway from the loss yesterday. Daylight Films quotes the talking heads. Same as it ever was, same as it ever was. <laughs> Clock management and coaching decisions are still incredibly pathetic. It's time to eat the contracts and get Sean Payton on the phone. Sign me up. A lot of people are saying that. Suns 23 champs says the Vikings gave them like five chances to mm-hmm. win it and they still did nothing. They aren't disciplined and they are not prepared for these games. Ed Weirdo says, <laughs> Ed, Weirdo. No, Ed Weirdo, his, his, Instead of his Ed title, Wardo. Eduardo, yeah. yeah. The mental errors are increasing as we go. So what could have been a 10 and 7 season is looking more like 5 and 12. Good point, Ed Weirdo. Thank you, Ed Weirdo. <laughs> Weirdo. Oh, this is a depressing thought from Seabocker44. We're going to be talking about the NFL draft much earlier than expected. So I guess uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. is going to be on your show sometime next month. Oof. Ooh. I really can't stand the thought of that. Can I read Gray Corpse's uh, response? His biggest takeaway. Chris Myers is the goat of announcers for telling that little anecdote about how Larry Fitzgerald was once the ball boy for the Vikings. I'd never heard that before. I said First to, time. I said to Bick off the air. The Cardinals are so frustrating to watch right now. I don't get that agitated by Chris Myers doing play-by-play. Oh, yeah. That's like your ninth issue. Yeah. Twelfth right. issue. Right. Like when, when the Cardinals were really good and got, you know, got Chris Myers on the broadcast, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, this doesn't even matter now. No. Good for you, Chris Myers. Yeah. All right. Shownuff says this team is way too talented to be this bad. Get Amen. rid of the coach now. A lot of people said it's time for Cliff to go. Uh, but we're going to look at players now. Players who have been most disappointing so far this season. There's a list of four, but as always, drop in your guy if he is not listed here. Which Arizona Cardinal has been most disappointing to this point? Kyler Murray, Marcus Golden, A.J. Green, or Trey McBride? 
Trey McBride. Um, Trey McBride is trending as one of the worst draft picks of the Steve Conner. <laughs> which is hard to do. The only time he gets mentioned is when he commits a penalty, which was three times yesterday. He's a walking mental error. Um... Marcus Golden's been disappointing. My foolish pick of A.J. Green to have a breakout season just looks dumb at this point. So you're not sticking with that, Vince? There's, there's I don't think, lots of I games don't, left. You, so? you don't think so? Um, He's Ky- getting lots of snaps, lots of opportunities. Kyler Vince. Murray is the answer. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 55% of our voters, Kyler Murray is the answer as well. 55% most frustrated with Kyler Murray. It's close for the other three. A.J. Green, 17%. Marcus Golden, 14%. Trey McBride, just under 14%. A walking mental error. I like that pick. what he is. And, and again, and the pick was so superfluous. It was yep. at a position they didn't even need. Yeah, right. like, wow, a tight end in the second round. This, this guy, guy must be awesome. Great. Yeah. Exactly. Chris writes in Rodney Hudson. He needs to at least be out on the field. That's I, I didn't put James Conner or Rodney Hudson, who both have been disappointing this year, just because they've been injured. And really yeah. haven't when you guys were talking about Rodney Hudson just in the last segment and how we really haven't seen him, uh, have you seen all of the headlines, the superfluous headlines about the trend of quiet quitting? No. Yes. I have not. Oh, okay. Well, I'll explain it later because we don't have enough time. But it's it's basically people blaming employees for setting boundaries and saying, I'm only going to do what is required of me in my job description. I'm not going to go over and above in expectations all the time. But it's oh, everyone's... It's, it's doing the bare minimum not to get fired. Yes. On this show, we should not expand on this topic. <laughs> I do loud quitting. <laughs> in your face quitting. And that just made me think of Rodney Hudson. It also made me laugh. I also think quiet quitting is not a real thing. But uh, let's get to our final question. What would be the perfect Halloween costume on this costume on this Halloween day? Hello. Happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, For these four Arizona sports figures, we're looking for Halloween costumes for these Arizona sports figures. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. This is one of those questions where I could sit here and rack my brain and nobody wants to go through that. I think Bick is with me. And our listeners are so creative. Let's just go there. Let it fly, baby. First, so this was uh, Kyle Morgan tweeted the four of us about 15 minutes ago. Have you seen the spirit Halloween costume memes going around where people create their own costumes and their own descriptions that come on it? So he did one of John H. Barry. (laughs) Which I laughed hysterically at. Quick turn. Amazing. Uh, It's... that whole trend is so great anyway. So it is good. very funny. So very so good. Very, very so creative. What comes in this John H. Berry costume, season tickets, an email address, high blood pressure, <laughs> and free rent inside Patrick Peterson's head? Well Two done, Kyle. Two years Morgan. later, he remembers the, the name on the email. I know. John H. We got to know if it's Barry or Barry, though. Yes. I, I, I heard it as Barry, but. It could be either. Yeah. It's the whole Jared Ferret thing again. Oh, oh, can't wait to get back into that conversation. So our (laughs) listeners, uh, they did not hold back. Here. Brian Barger says Kyler Murray would be Speedy Gonzalez. Cliff Kingsbury would be an ostrich since his head is in the sand. (laughs) Devin Booker could dress up as Michael Jordan. And DA would dress up as Anthony Davis since he's hurt right now. He needs to get hurt like a hundred more times before he should dress up as Anthony Davis. That's unfair. How about this one from Aaron Teo Malaela? Kyler Murray, a half clown suit. 
Cliff Kingsbury, a full clown suit. <laughs> Devin Booker, a fighter pilot uniform. <laughs> and DeAndre Ayton could dress up as Cliff Kingsbury. Has a lot of talent, but still hasn't figured out how to use it. And one or two more. Oh, gosh, this one from Marcus Joel. Marcus Joel says Cliff Kingsbury should dress up as an NFL coach. See how it feels for a night. Oh, my gosh, Marcus. Brutal. Uh, I love this one from Paul Sertakowski. He says Devin Booker should dress up as Clay Thompson for Halloween. <laughs> no, that would be funny. That would be the funny. The only one I really had a good idea for, uh, for Devin Booker, is the more I see the State Farm commercials, Devin Booker could play the role of Jake from State Farm right now. Oh, yeah. Is there yeah. not an exi- uh, a resemblance there? Okay. A little bit. Now, Book yeah, is taller. Jake from State Farm is a little more sturdily built. Could you, could you see Devin Booker wearing that kind of khaki pant, though? No. I feel like he's got a little bit too much style. He'd have to he'd that have is, to amp it up a little bit. That is true. Yeah. So there if you go through these, the Cliff Kingsbury ones are just relentlessly brutal. They really are. That's what the the fan base is not uh thinking kindly of him right now. No, no. a lot of clown suggestions. Uh Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber for Cliff. Can I cl- can I, have you ever seen a clown with sunglasses on, Bick? <laughs> Would that be funny? <laughs> <laughs> disturbing it is, when you think about it. It is indoors, bra- but yeah. it is bright there. He's the only guy in the whole stadium wearing sunglasses, Vinny. That would be a brilliant, like, meta, like, costume. Is you If you were a full clown costume and you just wear sunglasses and no, yeah. and no socks. Uh-huh. And you just, <laughs> so guess who I am? No socks. Uh, Devin oh. Booker should dress up as James Bond, oh. says Daylight Films. Oh, the trend is everyone is loving on Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Everyone is hating on Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of a mix for Kyler and DA. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that in, in perusing. Yes. Uh, on Twitter, epically underscore Murata. That's where all of the very creative, very funny responses are. Yes. Epically underscore Murata. Well done. Listeners yes. yeah. today. Well, well, well done, Sarah. Thank you. Social Thank studies you. every day at nine o'clock. Coming up next. Cardinals are in a spot here. They're in last place going into week nine. The trade deadline is tomorrow, but they're still in the thick of the race. How do they uh, reconcile all of this? We'll get into the possibilities next. Pickley and Murata mornings on this big red Monday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Love you, bro. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Lots of breakdown on this Big Red Monday. The Cardinals fall into the Minnesota Vikings yesterday, 34-26. You guys scoffed at my score prediction late on the show on Friday because I, I predicted scoff. 19. I, I didn't. I did get the, the, the gap right. I had an eight-point gap. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't know what that means. And by the way, real quick, first time all season, all four of us have hit on our Survivor picks. Oh. And I had Atlanta. There's no reason I should have got points <laughs> wow. for that win yesterday, but wow. <laughs> but I did. Um, tomorrow is the trade deadline in the NFL. Cardinals have already went out and made a deal. They got Robbie Anderson, gave up some draft capital to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, yeah. You were... <laughs> well, when does he get? When does he get here? Jared's not. Jared's not reading the transactions page. He's only looking at the box score. Uh, Robbie Anderson has not caught a pass in two games. Has only played a handful of snaps uh, and was the target on one of the pivotal plays yesterday. I'm. I'm really wondering what to think. You know, Darren Urban joined us earlier, Bick. He said he wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals made moves. 
And I know a lot of the thinking, it's not universal across the board, but a lot of fans are like, don't give up any more draft picks. This season appears to be washed. And that's just based on watching the Cardinals in a vacuum, how they play every week. But when you branch out and look at the rest of this division, the sad fact is, or maybe the the, the happy fact if you're a Cardinals fan is, they are not dead yet. No, there's very no. much in the playoff chase right yeah, now. Yeah, no, listen, that's that's the saving grace. And again, this is part of my frustration: is they're very close to being a good team in a in a conference that's eminently winnable. It's also my frustration, which seems to be a team that's got some sort of budget restraints on them this year, and I don't know what that is all about. Now, look, I'll get I'll give the Cardinals and Steve Kime credit on this. They they got Chandler Jones right. He is cooked, uh, and so it, that was that was an. Instance and they were very smart not to pay guys. There's other instances when there are real good players that they should have tried to pay. Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick, Devondre Campbell. There's there's any number of guys like that. Calais Campbell. Uh, so so I, I wonder about that. But you look at the state of the offensive line. I don't know if there's any quality offensive linemen available from teams looking to sell. Generally, that's not the case because generally what you're trying to do is you're trying to get rid of some of your higher-priced talent. And if you've got a higher-priced offensive lineman, chances are he's really good. And those are foundational pieces that you generally don't give up on. But that, to me, would seem to be if there's a center out there that they can trade for, they should do that. Because who knows about Rodney Hudson? Yeah, yeah they're, they've used uh, three centers. The the second and third centers they've used have not worked out very well. Yeah, <laughs> you got to pinpoint those guys that play for for bad football teams right now that are out of their respective races that have a short time remaining on their contract. But I I, I still don't know. I, I, I it, this is a really tough spot to be in mm-hmm. because part of me thinks the Cardinals should be sellers. If you can get something for AJ Green, well, oh, the, well that's listen, not, that's a that's a no brainer. That's to me. hardly a yeah. sell. Yeah, that's a, that's a no brainer. But you don't trade JJ Watt now, do you? I mean, he's playing pretty well. And JJ Watt has had a good season. That's like the prototypical though, like piece that other teams would want right now. It's. I just think it would be. I mean, it's not. It would Man. be inconsistent to go trade for Robbie Anderson two weeks ago and then be sellers now. Exactly, especially I, after they split games. Look, if the the trade deadline honestly needs to be pushed back three weeks for the Cardinals' purposes. It seems <laughs> early anyway. They need to it's not even halfway through the year. Because yeah. that to me is, and I had forgotten in our earlier conversation that that 49ers game isn't a home game. No, it's in Mexico. That's in Mexico City. They yeah. gave that up to go play in Mexico City. And the way the team has performed at home, maybe that's all for the best. Hey, they're undefeated in Mexico City. That is true. <laughs> maybe they'll get six field goals from Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> Like they did once from Neil. Story writes itself. Neil Rackers. Rackers. Rack them. (laughs) So I I look at this and, uh, yeah, you can't. You can't be sellers right now. Because you, it's just it's still there. It's still there in front of you, and that would be that would be quite a white flag to to fly, (laughs) man. By the way, you use the term uh, Chandler Jones and washed. He does have a half of a sack. He did not. Oh, there he is. I, I was going to say, he didn't show up on the stat sheet. Well, one tackle yesterday. Raiders fans are beyond livid. <laughs> and who would have thought Josh McDaniels would be this bad in a second go around? They got past the 50-yard line once yesterday. Once. Do you know how, how hard it is to get shut out in the NFL? 
the Cardinals' struggling offense, with help from their defense, just put up 42 points on the Saints, and then yeah. they goose-egged them. Goose-egged them. <laughs> That's right. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, the Raiders, nothing changes. Outside of center and maybe offensive line elsewhere on that left side with, with Justin Pugh out, and, yeah. and we don't know about DJ Humphreys and his availability, is there any other? I mean, I wouldn't go trade for another receiver or throwing option. Because you got DeAndre Hopkins back, and the hope is Hollywood Brown is back. And I think the, the, the vast majority of targets will go their way when they're both together, if that happens. Um, running back? I mean, James Conner's going to be back. Mm-hmm. You got Williams back yesterday. Yeah. Eno Benjamin's still healthy. I don't think that helps. Now, they, they went and they traded for even, Trayvon Mullen, yeah. uh, who's been unable to get on the field this year. There was one time yesterday, I, I didn't note this, I saw somebody else note this, that the Cardinals threw 19 consecutive passes. Was that late in the fourth quarter? I, I, sec, it was second half, I think. It yeah. was a stretch where they just get, completely abandoned the run. Mm-hmm. Which, um, honestly speaking, I, did, I wouldn't have had a problem if they did that earlier. Their run game did nothing yesterday. There was no room at all for Eno Benjamin. There was not a lot, nope. Yeah. And Daryl Williams had a handful of carries and didn't do much either. Uh, yeah, so I wish they would have, after Keontae Ingram looked so promising last week, I wish they would have just tried to get a spark, maybe like give him a screen pass or something. That would have been nice, too. Don't, uh, don't say those words, Jared. Screen and pass are not allowed together. <laughs> but see, I feel like what they do are not even screen... Like well, a screen, wide receiver screens, screens are different. Because like a screen pass to me is like you're being blitzed or something, and you throw the ball up so the, the receiver catches it in stride. And, 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 you know, he breaks. Uh, it's like what they threw to, you know, Benjamin yesterday, and he just dropped it. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You'll never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, we got some Monday hardware to hand out, and we will do it straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Big Red Monday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, welcome back to Bickley Emirata Mornings, everyone, here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. As we always do at 930, we go to our website, our tremendous website, ArizonaSports.com, to look at today's poll question. We're assigning blame for the Cardinals' loss, guys. Who do you blame most for the Cardinals' loss to the Vikings? Four options. You're going to hate the last one. I blame Cliff Kingsbury the most. I blame Kyler Murray the most. I blame the Cardinals' defense or it was a team loss. <laughs> well, if we're picking one person. Um, I'm not going to go with that fourth. Although every every loss is a team loss. That's what they tell us, right? That's what we hear. Of those choices, it starts at the top. So it's got to be the coach. Video. Two Video. votes for Cliff? Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. You guys want to guess how, how much of the vote he got? Oh, boy. 99. <laughs> 95. Down. No, 74. 
83%. You want to know why? Because 9% went to, it was a team loss. <laughs> why do I hate that so much? 7% voted for Kyler Murray. 1% voted for the Cardinals defense. The fourth choice should have just been, we got to get better. <laughs> so yeah, I gotta work on some details. 83%? 83%. Ooh, boy. Put this loss on Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Cliff's media availability later today, and he will also sit down with Wolf and Luke for his weekly visit Woo-hoo. as well. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank That's you. Uh, today's Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly and Marotta Mornings. Handing out the hardware. Hardware's our version of the awards show. We do it on Mondays based on what we saw over the weekend. It's brought to you by Revitalize. Make changes that can last a lifetime with Revitalize. 480-435-3557 or online at RevitalizeWeightLoss.com. Home of the Bickley and Murata Revolution. Who wants to kick things I'll off go today? first. All right. Uh, the Trouble Brewing Award. Vinny, I'm giving to the Pac-12 because the <laughs> Big 12 just signed a deal that's going to give each member school $55 million annually. And they're telling schools in the Pac-12 to expect nothing more than $45 million. Will the $10 million jump in in revenue prompt defections to the Big 12? It might all Ooh. come tumbling down for this conference. It and, might. Yep. Ten million, though, is that enough? That's that's the question. Is that and per year 40, 45 compared to what they got on their last TV deal, which I think was about eleven dollars and fifty cents <laughs> per year from the Pac-12 network uh-huh. revenue? Uh-huh. So it's still a big jump. Yeah, and the Big Twelve is 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 miles behind the SEC and the Big Ten. Miles which behind. I don't under again. I don't understand, and maybe it's just my own bias, but the market size. Of the teams that are left in the Pac-10 after the LA schools leave, is still way more impressive to me than anything in the in the Big 12. But what do I know? Uh, my first award is the Hey, it's hard talking into a mic award, and I'm giving it to two NFL referees, oh, Cleet Blakeman and Jerome Boger. Oh boy! I'll just let these guys tell the story first. You, Cleet. Delay of game. Defense number 55. Okay. So here's what happened. It's a half a distance Not necessary and unlike football. Uh it's like how the Cardinals play. <laughs> unlike football. <laughs> His face as he said that too was hilarious. Uh then Jerome Boger, the this crew chief great. in Seattle, this Seahawks Giants. After the play was over, sideline interference. The coaching staff of the Seattle Mariners was in the restricted area. 15-yard penalty. After the fourth of his penalty, it will be... Damn you, Scott Service, for costing the Seahawks a penalty. Pete Carroll was just cracking up. I understand if you're like Joe Buck and you've been calling baseball all season or something yeah. and you're doing a football yeah. game, but he's a football ref who all they do is... Talk about, you know, the Seahawks. Yeah, you'd think he'd be much better at refing football games, well, but he's still Jerome Boger. Yeah, he's <laughs> when it comes to refs, Jerome Boger certainly is one. Yes. <laughs> Barely. That's amazing. Angel right. Hernandez, Jerome Boger, yep. Scott Foster. If you know their names. Scott Foster! Scott Foster! If you know their names off the top of your head, it's usually not good. But Scott yeah. Foster's actually good at his job, even though you would, would not say that about any NBA ref. No, there's a few good ones, I think. All right. Yeah. Jarrett, what do you got? My first award <laughs> is the one of the few uh, ways that you it is actually good to 
to Be Like O.J. Simpson Award. Hmm. And that goes to Derrick Henry, who tied O.J. Simpson for the most 200-yard games in NFL history when he got his sixth 200-yard game yesterday. Derrick Henry, who people just, maybe the third straight year, people said this is the year he's finally going to slow down. It's all going to catch up to him. He is one of the very last old-school running backs. They've run him 30-plus times per game, and he's still really good. Yeah. The window's been open for quite some time for Derrick Henry. You're, you're right about that. Six 200-yard games. That's amazing. All right. This is the Like Father, Like Son Award. It goes to Shane Doan and Josh Doan. We all know who Shane Doan is, and his son uh, is a star for ASU hockey. The two of them went out together for the ceremonial puck drop on Friday night at the Coyotes' home opener at Mullet Arena, which, of course, is also where Josh Doan and ASU play. Uh, They played a really cool video before the puck drop of the two of them together throughout the years, highlights from both of their hockey careers. It was a very cool moment. I definitely cried. Thanks. Did you really cry? I, I got teary. Wow. Yes. That's nice. And that sad all at the same time. Why well, is it sad? It was lovely. They were happy tears. Oh, okay. I was reclaimed. Much better. Yeah, it wasn't like sad, sad. Back to you. Emotional, not sad. All right, sad. the Great yeah. White Hype Award I'm giving to Jake Paul. <laughs> who, who won a fight Saturday night in Glendale, beat 47-year-old dude who is a... Anderson Silva. Who's a very well-respected... Was a well-respected He's MMA fighter. Ten right? years ago. Legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Afterwards, Jake Paul called out, called out Nate Diaz and Canelo Alvarez. I would like to see that last fight. I would like to see Canelo Alvarez fight Jake Paul. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm right there with you. This whole popularity movement of Jake Paul, these big money fights, fighting against past their prime athletes who are not even participating in the sport of their choice. Right. And he's getting rich off of it Mm -hmm. and building this profile now. The problem is, I would not see a fighter like Canelo Alvarez unless he needs the money, which I doubt. He might do it in five years. Yeah. (laughs) Like Floyd Floyd Mayweather fought, fought Jake Paul. Yeah, but legitimizing Jake Paul... It's a good you know, point. Still in the thick yep. of his boxing career. Now, if Jake Paul but wanted he's to taking go, all their paydays. Yeah, but if Jake Paul wanted to like start from scratch and work his way up, like I don't know, every other fighter in the world has ever had to do since boxing was invented, I'd have more respect for him. Uh, I get full admission. Jake Paul was at the Suns game last night. Um, I thankfully didn't have to introduce him. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to? No, I thought he got introduced and got booed. He no? did get introduced at oh. halftime, but uh, but Weezy introduced him, not me. Oh, if Weezy you, did. Okay. If yeah. you did have to introduce him, what would it sound like? Uh, Jake Paul. It's funny because <laughs> those Paul brothers are so hated. His brother is in WWE right now. He is fighting for the championship actually in Saudi Arabia next weekend. Really? But they are trying to is that position part of the Live Wrestling Tour. It it is very similar. <laughs> but but they are trying to position him as this big good guy baby face and the crowds absolutely rain booze upon him. <laughs> He's doing like a baby face promo and trying to be a good guy and they just hate him. Uh, anyway, mine Oh wait, whose turn is it? It's my turn. Okay, sorry. Go. Uh the dumbest feud of the weekend award goes to Stephon Diggs of the Bills versus Jair Alexander of the Packers. The Bills won the game between the two teams, but there was a good amount of trash talk before the game. Both players ran through the tunnel at the same time, and that's when it started. Uh, Diggs said, quote, I don't give a bleep who started it. I finished it. 
Alexander, who was on the losing team, said he finished it. Diggs had over 100 yards and a touchdown, and again, his team won the game. But more importantly and interestingly, Alexander only lined up against Diggs on three of his routes all night and wasn't the closest defender on any of his targets. So who finished what? They weren't going up against each other. Stupid. (laughs) Diggs, Diggs gets the win, though. My last award is the... Father Time is doing the gritty in the end zone right now award. (laughs) And this goes to the three oldest starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Stafford, whose combined record is 9-14. and So they have 14 combined losses through 23 games. Last season, through 51 games, they had 13 combined losses. Wow. So they have more losses already halfway through the season combined than they did the entire season last year. And another guy, the Rams, that, the Buccaneers, the Packers. And another guy that would have been on that list was Matt Ryan, who's older than Stafford, right. I think, but he's already been benched. Yeah, so. not starting <laughs> yeah. anymore. All right, this is my final award. It is the Please, for the love of everything, stop doing it for the Graham Award. It goes to a woman named Katie Sigmund. She apparently is like a super influencer. I think she does other activity online as well. She has nearly 3 million followers on Instagram, uh, and she recently paid a visit to the Grand Canyon, to our lovely state, and posted a video of her hitting a golf ball into the canyon. Not only did the golf ball drop into the canyon, so did her club. It went flying out of her hands. She posted the video of this happening on her social media channels. Uh, According to the Grand Canyon's official Facebook page, they tracked her down, contacted her, and they said that charges and a court appearance for her are pending because it's illegal to throw stuff into the Grand Canyon. So so congratulations on telling on yourself, you absolute dumbass. <laughs> well done, Ruthless. Well done. Good way to end it. Well done. Did she at least hit That's a good an job. Unbelievable no. story. It's so dumb. I it can send you dumb. the link. I, 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 I want to see this. Okay, don't That's pull tremendous. up her Instagram on your work. No, I saw some things. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> You're so that is uh, hardware brought to you by Revitalize. We will close out this version of Big Red Monday with a little Big Red crosstalk with Wolf and Luke about the Cardinals' loss to Minnesota. That is next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, Wolf and Luke, Big Red Monday, Crosstalk. This is not a Jared Carlin production. What is this? This is Luke's favorite Halloween song. Is it? This song is awful. I like it. I was going to play uh, the, the Halloween song that Muse just put out on their last album, but we didn't get that. We got this instead. It's time for some Big Red Crosstalk. Cardinals lose to the Vikings yesterday. 34-26. They are now 3-5 and five through 8 weeks, and uh, we're joined by Wolf and Luke, who are up next. Starting at 10, they're live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals training facility out in Tempe. Uh, Wolf, I'll start. First question for for you. Um, again, this is an, another loss for the Cardinals where it's a lot of the same ingredients that went into this stew that led to the loss. You know, Bad time management, uh, timeout usage, battling the play clock, self-inflicted penalties and, and, and turnovers. 
They've played 47.1% of their schedule, 8 of 17 games, and you played a long time in the NFL. Through eight games, it's fair to assume you are what you are at that point. Is, is this fixable in your mind? You know, some of it I think is fixable, Vin, no doubt about it. Um, you know, get some offensive linemen healthy. Uh, that'd be nice to have your starting center and starting left guard and your starting left tackle. Uh, that is not the case. That is the problem right now. And I've said this to you guys before, and it's so true right now. You d- you don't need to have the best offensive line in the league. You-, you certainly don't want the worst offensive line in the league. But you need an offensive line that is right in the middle good enough to allow your talent to do what your talent does. Good enough to allow a Kyler Murray to go through his progressions. Good enough to allow a running back to actually run through a hole and try to make somebody on the second level miss. You need them good enough to allow your talent to show what what it is that they can do. To me, that was the most disappointing thing about what I saw yesterday. The Arizona Cardinals got whipped on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That was it. Hey, coming into this game, I'll be the first one to tell you. I thought the team that threw the ball the best was going to win this game because the Vikings have been a throw-first team, and I think the Arizona Cardinals are a throw-first team as well. Both secondaries have given up huge chunks over the course of this season. To me, that was going to be the determinant as to who was going to win. Guess what? It wasn't, man. It was the line of scrimmage. The Cardinals could not run the ball and the Vikings could and that opened up yeah. everything to Kirk Cousins. Luke, do you think any of this is fixable? Yeah, it is. I mean, look, this is what I'm wrestling with with this game yesterday is losing in Minnesota when you're missing 60% of your starting offensive line. You know, that's that's an acceptable loss in a vacuum, but the fact is it's the same mistakes over and over again and not being able to get a play in yeah. and, and we were talking about this before the show. I mean, I don't watch a lot of Detroit Lions football and they're not good but I feel like they get their plays in and then, you know they hike the ball everything goes poorly but for the Cardinals it, it's it's frustrating because it feels like they're getting in their own way when they can't even get a play in have to burn timeouts they needed those timeouts at the end of the game that's a completely different drive if they have them and sometimes they'll burn a timeout and still get a delay a game coming out of it anyway so it, that that's the part to me that's just mind-boggling and, and what I agree with everything you just said I also the what agitates me is only in moments of real desperation does it seem like this team gets compelled to do what they should be doing and that's Kyler Murray making plays with his feet and hyper focusing on DeAndre Hopkins they do that suddenly now they look like a real dangerous team and it's I, I just it, it, it's it's striking me and it's occurring to a lot of fans that, that I'm hearing from that people are beginning to hate watch this team because of that because of because of these mistakes they're so close to being a good team and yet these stupid things keep standing in their way well, yeah, that's the most frustrating part. If this was a rebuild or whatever, you could. I think the fan base could get behind it, or at least a good percentage. Okay, yeah, we're rebuilding and this and that. This is them in win-now mode. And you're right, Bick. You see moments where it's like, okay, Kyler's going to run. They can't stop that. Yeah. Nobody can cover DeAndre Hopkins, but it almost feels like they try to win a certain way, like they're going to get a win and a half in the standings if they win by doing this and that instead of just throw to the guy nobody can cover and run it with your quarterback because they can't stop him either. And he tends to get out of bounds so he doesn't get hit anyway. 
The one of the more bizarre things, and we get bizarre things that happen in the NFL every week. But one of the bizarre stories coming out of this game was Patrick Peterson, who I thought played pretty well yesterday. Bick and I talked about it. He had a, a physical presence out there that we didn't necessarily see late in his time in Arizona. But what he did after the game and claimed that uh, you know the, the Cardinals organization was printing out emails during his time there and leaving them at his locker about his uh, lack of physicality and complaints from season ticket holders is one of the more bizarre things I've heard in a long time. What was your guys' takeaway or, or a reaction to that? Yeah, you know, honestly, you guys know I love Pappy. I've been a Pappy fan for a long, long time. And Pappy, of course, and all the charitable work that he does, um, I love the guy. Having said that right now, I, I don't understand um, where he's coming from on this. Now, he does. Personally, he understands. But it's been two years. It kind of feels like, guys, this story at some point in time, you know, you would think he would get over it. He obviously is not over whatever it was that transpired between Steve Keim, the organization, and Papi. I don't know what that was. I don't know if there's any validity to any of it whatsoever. All I know is this. It kind of feels like picking a scab off a uh-huh. severed arm. <laughs> Look, I, I, Vince, you kind of hit it earlier. Now I want to know what John H. Barry thinks about uh, the team this year and how they can solve these problems because apparently he has a lot to say around here. Yeah, who's going to be gone next because yeah. John H. Barry wants him off the team? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's look like Wolf just said. It is weird that Patrick Peterson is still hung up on this right now when he's on the six and one team and his old team is struggling and they just played last year. Like, why didn't this come out last year? Exactly. That's that's the strangest part to me. Yeah, can you not make these claims after your team lost? And I, Bick and I were joking too. This has got to come up on on Patrick Peterson's podcast this week. It has yes. to when you put it out there. And I wonder if there's going to be any reaction organizationally from the Cardinals because I mean, if that's true and it's out there now, that's pretty damning. But you know, the, the treatment of an organization to one of its you know premier players would be that. Yeah, that's that's not a great look if it's true. But you know what you just hey, said. How do you not know it's one of his teammates that was actually doing oh, it? That would just be funny. That would be funny. Oh, it better yeah. come up on the Why podcast. Would a teammate have one of Michael Bidwell's emails. Well, that wouldn't be as funny. Yeah, that wouldn't be. <laughs> um, yeah, find weird. out who's good at hacking. But here's the thing, too, Wolf. If Patrick Peterson played with the physicality and intensity he showed yesterday, the last three years he was in Arizona, <laughs> might not have these issues. Yeah, he might still be here. <laughs> I, I think we have a winner. Ding, ding, ding. Dan wins the prize. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you guys great show, sitting guys. down with Thanks, Cliff guys. Kingsbury at what time today? One forty-five. One forty-five. Sounds good. We will talk okay, to you soon. Okay, boys. Wolf and right, Luke up next. Uh, thanks to uh, Darren Urban from azcardinals.com for joining us. And thanks to you for hanging out with us on this big Red Monday. Like we said, Wolf and Luke are up next till 2 o'clock. And then Big Red Monday continues with uh, Burns and Gambo. 2 till 6. We'll see you tomorrow here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.